course, one of the things that's kind of interesting with serendipity is that I was just about to change topics, but then the internet cut out. <laughs> so we're just about to, so we can actually use this as two different videos, because the, the first one we were talking about is the sati, of getting the sati stall to wake up uh, and change. And now we can start talking about, well, what kind of change and where are we going with this? That this is one's right effort that is in Anapanasati Sutta. Uh, it's called gladdening the mind or brightening the mind. And the brightening of the mind has the actual uh, task of modifying our feelings that this is the way that we learn to to change our feelings most people and in fact our whole language is built upon that people are out of control with the feelings language like i am frustrated that means that i am frustration and i don't know how i got that way because i would prefer to not be frustration or I am angry, or I am sad, all of those kinds of down feelings that we have, um, we don't recognize that we're in control of those, that we literally have been talking ourselves into feeling bad with these unwholesome thoughts. And now we're going to start talking to ourselves in wholesome ways that are going to then begin to prove to us that we were in charge of our feelings all along and didn't know it. That you can choose to feel the way you want to feel. So thinking about that, how would you feel if you could feel the way that you wanted to feel? Relaxed, peaceful. All right. So we need to actually start practicing that. To keep that in mind about why don't I go ahead and start feeling the way that I want to feel rather than the way that I'm feeling now to the old habits of the mind? What can I do to feel the way that I want to feel right now? Basically, you can talk yourself into it that we've actually already started talking a bit about feeling safe, secure and comfortable. You added the word peaceful, which is exactly the right kind of word to add to that in the sense of at rest, relaxed, at peace, right? So that's the kind of vocabulary that we want to use. And if we actually start using that vocabulary, we will actually start feeling that way. Sympathetic vibrations and things like that, setting the right mood, uh, playing the right music that in fact music has that um, quality to it. I won't go into it in great detail, but there are dirges, there are um, <clears throat> the triumphal marches, there are uh, requiems, right? If you think about it then, not only does that music get played at certain times uh, because of the occasion, 
but that the mood that they play at that occasion sets the mentality of the people. So, um, a, uh, a joyous song will help us feel joyous. And if you really want to feel sad and, and down, go for Tchaikovsky's Sixth Symphony, the pathetic, the pathetic. <laughs> it's quite beautiful, but it'll make you cry. So, um, we can actually use music, we can use art, we can use any kinds of sensory input, including mentally sensory input of talking to ourselves to start feeling the way that we want to feel. Successful is one of the ways that we also want to feel. And that one, has a unique quality to it. That basically what we could do is we can talk ourselves into feeling safe. We can talk ourselves into feeling secure. We can talk ourselves into feeling restful and at peace, relaxed. And we can talk ourselves into satisfied. But success is a little bit added to it in the sense that once we get those things that we just mentioned, safe, secure, comfortable, peaceful, and satisfied. If we do that over and over again, we begin to feel successful at that. And that's when we begin to change that attitude from being a victim of our society, a victim of our superego, a victim of the way we feel, and a victim of circumstances, we begin to recognize that you actually are the champion of your own life. You are the emperor of your own pile of dirt. I love that saying. That, that's so funny. Every, every human being is an emperor of their own pile of dirt. The question is, are we going to live our lives buried under that pile of dirt? Are we going to live our lives crawling out of that pile of dirt? Are we going to sit on top of that pile of dirt, whistling happily? Our choice, because it's our dirt. You're the emperor. So that's the quality of the success, is being on top of the world, being above it, being above all of your old stuff that we use to beat ourselves with. Piling it on, feeling like all of our stuff was a burden. In the Anapanasati Sutta, I've actually been talking about quite specific steps of Anapanasati and also um, some technical words in the Pali that I would like to add in here to show you uh, how this process. Uh, not only, well, I mean, you, you've already gotten in the experience enough that you can see that if you practice this and do it, that it will work. Mm -hmm. But we also recognize that this has been working for 2,500 years and the Buddha had a particular way of talking about it. And that the way that he talked about it was um, 
through the Shakyapatthana and the Anapanasati Sutta. That the Shakyapatthana is actually the foundations. As you probably heard these before, the foundation of the body, the foundation of the feelings, the foundation of the mind and its mind states, and then the objects. You could think about it like uh, uh, the range of temperatures if you're a physicist. So the cold things are hard and solid. Warm things are gushy and liquid. Things that are on fire have a blaze to them and that they give off smoke. So those are the four items. And we have the body, which is solid. We have the feelings, which are all over the place. Then we have the mind that is actually burning in a sense of creation, putting two things together and coming up with something new. Okay, that's the fire of the mind. And the mind produces soot, ash, smoke. That's what the mind produces. And that ash becomes our past. And the smoke is what keeps us from being able to see clearly. There's a 1952 or 1953 uh, uh, top hit by the Platters. When your heart's on fire, burning with desire, smoke gets in your eyes. So that's the way that we have to understand it is, is that when we're in feelings and in thought, we're not seeing things correctly. We need to, in fact, if we're going to see things correctly, we need to use the eyes for that. To be able to see clearly, to open our eyes and look at what's really going on around us. I mean, just look at the room that you're in. It's a very nice room. There's no alligators on the floor. There's no crocodiles. <laughs> there is no boogeyman in the closet. Isn't that marvelous? Why don't we feel like that safe and secure? And your comfortable furniture is really comfortable. Why can't we feel comfortable and at peace? I mean, you've got all the settings and reality to do that. If we would be in the present moment, we could feel safe and secure and satisfied, content and at peace. But it's this mechanism that we keep playing with our old ashes, our old orders. And so we have to really come out of that. And when we do come out of it, there is such a marvelous relief. Wow, I don't have to think about that anymore. And that's when we begin to feel quite joyful. That's the real point about coming into that state of satisfaction is it leads into success. So in the Anapanasati Sutta, the first four steps of Anapanasati deal with the body. The second four deal with the feelings. The third group of four deal with the mind and the fourth deal with the mind's objects. Okay. And Many people, when they understand Anapanasati just a little bit, they think that these are steps. 
that have to be taken. So that you do step one, two, three, and four in that Upanishadha, then you do step five, six, seven, and eight, and that's not the way that it's done. That we have to practice on Upanishadha according to the Eightfold Noble Path. And that sequence that's there. To wake up, to take a look, to make a change, and to congratulate ourselves is exactly then the way that we're going to practice on Upanishadha, which is actually those things are in there. Step nine, to look at what the mind is doing. Look at the mind states. Is the mind sharp? Is it dull? Is it drowsy? Is it exalted? What kind of mind state is it in? That's the way of looking at it. And this is part of the examination that we'll do is to examine the mind. And then number 10, once we determine what the mind is, let's improve it. Let's gladden it. Let's polish that up. Let's brighten it. Let's take it out of whatever crap it was in and put it on high ground. So that's what we've been talking about. So what that does then is that leads into the, the feelings of Vedana. And that the first item that we look at there is the Pali word sukha. Sukha is actually the opposite of dukkha. That's the whole thing. Can we come out of dukkha into the sukha? And the sukha, by the way, is definitely defined as feeling safe, feeling secure, feeling comfortable. You added the word peace and satisfied. That's sukha. It's exactly opposite from being dissatisfied. It's also not easy to be satisfied when we're not comfortable. So we have to add comfort as an ingredient that's, uh, uh, let us say, necessary but not sufficient. You want to play with chemistry a bit. So um, we can't feel satisfied if we are in danger. So we have to really understand and recognize that we're not in danger, that we're not uncomfortable, and therefore it is okay to be satisfied. And we do this over and over and over again so that this state of satisfaction and our investigation and our uh, sati run and circle around each other so that using the breath we can come into that state of Everything's okay. I'm satisfied. And we do that over and over and over again. And the next thing that happens is, is that we become surprised that it works. <laughs> that it works. Wow! This stuff works. I've got it. I can do it. And that's the change of attitude from doing it to just being on top of the world. The complete success that I can do this. And then later in one of the suttas, the Buddha mentions in sutta number 48 about getting the hindrances out of the mind, getting the unwholesome thoughts out of the mind. And there comes a time when the student gets the idea that no matter how dirty, corrupt, um, poisonous, uh, unappropriate, unwholesome thoughts there are, 
I can throw those thoughts out of the mind and come back to the present moment and see things the way they are. We can come back into our senses. Now, that's real confidence. That's the first step of the path, the Buddha says, that is noble, super mundane, and a factor of the path, and is that attitude is not held by ordinary people. No matter what happens, you can handle it. No matter what happens, you can come back out of those hindrances into the present moment. Okay. And the example that I often use is a traffic stop. The cop stops you in traffic. That's a really, really dangerous time now in the United States, traffic stop. And in fact, the cops have gotten really belligerent. Get out on the ground, they'll say. Nobody wants to do that. It's a pretty good idea if the cops got a gun out pointing it at you, telling you to get out on the ground. It's probably a pretty good idea to do good idea to do that. But the kid inside of us wants to rebel. You're not going to make me do that, all right? And we have to be able to see that inside and recognize through wisdom to do the right thing. Okay, to be here in this present moment recognize the danger of this present moment. And so uh, the cop stops in the car or the example person and uh, we can change our attitude about it because we don't like to get stopped. We don't like that we're being accused. We don't like getting a ticket. We don't like the belligerence of the cop. We don't like the fact that he is full of danger. But we can throw that stuff out of the mind, gladden the mind, take a deep breath. And by the time the officer gets right up to the window, hi, officer, I'm really glad to see you tonight. I'm really glad to see that you're out on the road patrolling and, and uh, doing your job correctly. What can I do for you? And that's the way to approach them. Give them any and everything that they want. Be completely cooperative. Act like you're really glad that they're there. But they will appreciate that because their, their life is pretty tough. I mean, being a, an officer of the law is a really stupid thing to do because you wind up feeling bad through the circumstances. Very few cops have control over their minds. And if they did, individually by one if one got his mind under control he quit being a cop that's not a wholesome activity being armed and dangerous out on the streets so we can have a bit of compassion for the cops and they would appreciate that but that's going to take presence of mind. We're going to have to do a whole lot of waking up and getting out of that bed of, I don't like getting stopped by a cop. <laughs> and so this is what the Buddha is talking about, that it doesn't matter how polluted the mind gets, because the cop himself, no matter what he's doing, doesn't really have control over your mind. You haven't even rolled his window down. He's just stopped you and you're pulling over. What happens in your mind is up to you.
And if we recognize it, we've got a choice rather than by going into our old bad habits. We can come into the present moment and make the best of it. So that's how we need, though, to develop over and over and over again this basic set of skills, including the skill of being a winner, being a noble, high-quality citizen who appreciates the cop, rather than the victim who has gotten stopped by a cop. See the difference? We almost always, in fact, the cop intends for you to be his victim. That's why he's out there. And every one of us goes into that victim state when it's not a very wholesome thing to do. And in fact, many people get killed in it because they become so afraid of the cops that they run away from them. They'll get you killed. <laughs> not a wise thing to do. But I'm, I'm not wanting to belabor this issue of the cop, but rather to point out that there are going to be tough times in our life and it would be really good if we could wakey, wakey, <laughs> if we could get out of our slumber of our bad feelings and come up and to be in the here now so that we can deal with things appropriately, happily, as if we were completely in charge of the situation. So these things that we're talking about here, actually, there are five of them when it comes to the practice of Anapanasati. The first one is the removal of these hindrances. The second one is to bring the mind into a state of sukha. The next one is to bring the mind into a state of pity, the joy of being a champion. And then the next item on the list is to apply the mind to this and then sustain it. The situation of the traffic stop, we're going to be able to sustain that feeling right through the entire stop, no matter whether he's detaining us for extra time or anything like that, that we're not going to become a lawyer and quote him the law and tell him he's doing something wrong. We're going to be able to maintain that very high quality gratitude, happy, I'm in charge and I appreciate the cops doing their job. We have to sustain that thing right through the entire traffic stop, right? So we've got five items. We have removal of hindrances, sukha, pity, applied, sustained thought. These five items, when they are brought together in unison, is called the first jhana. I detected a nice smile. You might have already known that. Yeah. Huh? Sort of. Okay. Great. See, I'm paying attention. I'm watching what's happening. And I can see these slight smiles. So that's the whole point then, that we need to be able to get into first jhana in order to handle a cop correctly. Because we do have the applied and sustained thought. The higher jhanas, we're not in thought. We're not able to deal with cops you don't want i mean in fact uh if a cop found you in the fourth jhana he'd probably hospitalize you and they may take you to the morgue <laughs> and there you are just having a ball inside your own mind <laughs> but uh the first jhana would be the state that we normally want 
stay in. And I think we just lost our connection, I guess. Mm. No, it's fine on my end. Oh, you've come back. Yeah. No, I heard what you That's said. Nice. I can hear you. The free the screen is frozen. Oh, I can hear you, okay. but you're picking up. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. Interesting. I heard a complete okay. <laughs> that, that's the first thing that wasn't broken up. Okay, okay. Is it working now? Uh, yeah, continue to talk to me. Let me see if I can hear correctly. See what kind of connection because your screen is okay so yeah <laughs> so uh am i audible now without breaking up or yeah i guess i i heard everything from your end so i didn't even know i was breaking up but uh uh can you hear me talking yeah yeah i've heard you the whole time all right because you're completely broken up I'm just getting bits and pieces of words. Oh, okay, okay. And your, your screen is frozen. Oh, so okay. anyway, I I think that we've gotten enough for today. Let's finish this off with your the, the original point about asking you how is your practice going? Do you remember that question? Oh yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So when the answer is based upon whether there's any pity, whether there's any sukha, whether there's any hindrances, and all of that stuff will show up in that answer. Mm -hmm. That's true. Okay. So next time you call, call with all of that stuff going. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any questions about this? I don't think I'm going to be able to hear your question, but I'll, I'll ask anyway. No, it's okay for now. All right. Oh, well, finally, your screen unfroze. Oh, okay. That's cool. No, it's frozen <laughs> again. Oh, okay. <laughs> for one second. All right. Marcus, we'll see you later. All right. See you. We'll talk again about your practice. But we've we've gotten quite into Anapanasati today. Indeed. All right. See you. All right. Bye bye. Bye.